Welcome to the Mini Rock Podcast. Yep, yep. Hey, what's up, guys? It's the Vinny Rock Podcast. This is going to be a little different. So I did a public speaking engagement with Gallant Few at Vet Expo, and um, they have the video and everything online. What I want to do is be able to offer it to you guys here so you guys can listen to it while driving when listening to my podcast. So let me give you this, the, the, the sponsors real quick, and then I'm going to clip into this the audio from uh, Vet Expo. Just so you guys know, it's a little, it's, it talks about my family. And it talks about balance and the importance of balance in my life. And so uh, if you guys want to check out the actual footage, you're going to have to go to either Gallant Few on YouTube or Gallant Few on Facebook. And you can watch the full 30 plus minutes of the speech. And so uh, here we go. You guys already know all my sponsors, man. I don't have to surprise you with any of these because it's the same motherfuckers. And I love them all. Uh, You got Beyond Clothing. Beyond Clothing is obviously a very... I don't know if I say high end. It's just a quality because when I say high end. It probably sounds like it's out of your reach, and it's not. Uh, Beyond Clothing. If you guys can check them out on BeyondClothing.com, you could find their stuff online. And I'm telling you right now, if you're looking for some expeditionary clothing systems, this is definitely the place for you. I love them. I love the people who run that company, and that's why I support them, and they support me. Uh, Willie Pite, Willie Pites, Pites Chocolate, Willie Pites Chocolate. Willie Peach Chocolate, for fuck's sake. WillyPeachChocolates.com. That's with the S behind it. You guys got to try these. I say it all the time. I've been having a lot of my friends buy it and be like, oh, shit, you're right. They're really fucking good. Fire Pig is one that was recommended by my boy Trav. Uh, I can't even think what other ones were recommended. Like my kids. My kids even eat the one. It tastes like a s'more. It's fucking incredible. You guys try it. There's also one called, called I believe it's called the uh, Moab, and it's fucking spicy as all hell. Um, you guys, check them out. I love them. WillieBeachChocolate.com. Perseverance Survival is the place you go get your Wooby hoodies, all kinds of them. You guys go check them out. Wooby hoodies at Perseverance.com. GMR Gold, they're the ones who give you the gold and the silver. The bullion box, my buddy right now is researching it, looking for a, for how much you want to do, $100, $200, $300 a month, whatever you put your money into, you get it back in return in silver or gold. This is a fucking awesome opportunity. You guys have some fun with this, and if you guys want to buy or even sell your gold and silver or precious metals, you can hit them up. They're at gmrgold.com. Check them out. I love them. You should too. Metaforce Fit, Metaforce Fit on Instagram is metaforce.com. That's M E T T L E force.com. Uh, they're the place where I get my shakers from. Like I said before, they're made out of the the blender blender bottle. What is it called? Blender blend blend blender bottle. Excuse me. A very respected and and well known quality brand. Um, like I always say, and I say it like every time I say this, I always. Make sure I have my blender bottle with a thin blue line because I support my law enforcement officers, man. Oh, my goodness. Who else is there? Now, from there, you guys already know Core Medical Group. Core Medical Group is a company I started with doing TRT. That's testosterone replacement therapy. They can ship it directly to your house anywhere in the United States. All you have to do is go get a blood test. When you get your blood test, they will see the results and they'll tell you what you're missing, if you're even missing anything. If your hormones are great, well then good. You just had your blood test checked and you feel good about yourself. But if your hormones are off, Core Medical Group is the ones who can get you back on top. You guys go check them out. If you guys have questions on how to find Core Medical Group, you hit me up. You can go check them out on Instagram and message them there at Core M E D. 
HRT. Let them know Vincent Rocco Vargas sent you. Besides that, you guys already know Warfighter Tobacco, Lead Singers Whiskey, Beard.com, Throwbacks Barber Company, my fucking book on Amazon. And with no further ado, here we go. Here's my speech. Take care, guys. Love you. Uh, how you doing? I asked to uh, put just a chair here so I can kind of make it a little bit more intimate. Talk, talk a little bit about my life. Um, is this all right? <laughs> can anyone see me okay? You know, uh, I wanted to be here because Gallant Few and me and Nick obviously go, go back a ways. But um, for those who don't know me, um, really quick rundown. Uh, failed college athlete. Um, joined the Army because uh, I needed something for my child that I had at the time. Um, got out, went into corrections, trying to figure out my life. From there, I went into the Border Patrol. And um, from there, went into entertainment and entrepreneurship. And, and then from there, I continued on in trying to be an entertainer. Now, I'm on a television show uh, called The Minds MC on FX. And I also have another show coming out November 20th uh, for the History Channel. And uh, so it's been, a, it's been an interesting ride from, from day one till now. Never in a million years expected I'd be where I am at today. Um, I had a list of things I wanted to talk about, but uh, we're surrounded by a bunch of amazing individuals who had some great stuff to say, and I didn't want to regurgitate their message. Uh, you know, I was going to talk about, well, Kirk talks about words, which makes me nervous because I cuss all the time, so I'm trying to <laughs> control those a little bit. Nick K talks about accountability. That's something big that I talk about. I believe a lot of my life has been self-accountability. Uh, when I found myself uh, in hardship, it's most of the time because of uh, something I've done to myself or the choices I've made that put me in that position. Nick P told my whole story yesterday, so kind of threw out my old speech. Had to start new. <laughs> Toby talked about baseball. That was another part of my speech. That's gone. <laughs> the LPC Annette, she talked about EMDR, something else I was going to speak about, uh, something that's actually personally helped me a lot in my transition. Um, and, and I can recommend that to anyone who suffers with post-traumatic stress to definitely try EMDR. But again, take her word for it. I'm not certified. She is. So that's out. So I sat there last night really thinking about what I want to talk about. Um, I've had in my head I want to talk about this subject. Me and my wife had long conversations on whether the public was ever going to see some of this stuff that, that you're going to see today. Um, but I think the one thing that's near and dear to my heart and it's always going to be is my family. You know, um, I was raised by a, an ex-gang member, turned Marine, turned firefighter. I was raised by a mother who picked cotton as a child, onions so they can uh, pay for beans and eat for the week. We call it a bean marathon. They cook a big pot of beans on Monday, and then the next day it's bean and cheese burritos. The next day it's refried beans and on tostadas. The next day it's going to be nachos. <laughs> those, those beans were the bean marathon, and that's how they survived. They were very broken, very poor. Uh, my mother made the choice to move to L.A. for the dreams of everyone else has of success in Hollywood, and she's worked her way up to the point of eventually having a good career with Los, Los Angeles Unified School District, and my father did 32 years as an L.A. City firefighter. And so, um, obviously raised by an incredible incredible people and who, who raised me in believing family is the most important thing. 
And uh, as much as I believed it throughout my life, I wasn't making the choices that were beneficial to my kids. And so without further ado, I want you guys to see this first video and then I'll get into the rest of my speech. Don't mind. Awesome. <laughs> That's how it felt. It's really how it felt. Months later, we're back in the hospital. Gonna... Yeah. All right, so Volume this up. is what, a year and a couple months later, we're back in the hospital. Gonna ride the lightning for the second time. Uh, scared a little, frustrated a lot. Uh, right? Shit's getting old. Uh, honestly, we're just sitting there watching TV and I felt the rhythms go change. I can't say that I've changed anything crazy on my diet, but um, maybe dehydration. Been working out a lot. I don't know. Super weird. So I'm obviously prone to this, so we might have to look into other things, but I think it's crazy that we uh, were just talking about it. And uh, there we go. What's today's date? Today is Cinco de Mayo. One fucking margarita. <laughs> See you guys uh, when we're done here. Take care. Uh, that was obviously Cinco de Mayo this year. And uh, that is the second time I've had to ride the lightning to correct my heart rhythm. Um, and, that's, and I'll get more into that story. But first I want to explain is that I got out of the military and believing that my identity was an army ranger, and this is where a lot of people have spoke on. I didn't want to touch on it too much because we've heard this, but I'll give you my version of it. You know, my whole life I was a baseball player. Um, I, I learned, in my opinion, that's where I learned a lot of my resiliency, you know, playing this game of negativity all these years and continuing to strive to try and be a professional athlete with that. Um, I failed miserably in that. I failed in, 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 in school and I failed in the, in the sport. Uh, I was backed into a corner and so I joined the military. My belief system was uh, I wanted to be the father that my father was for me. And I didn't have any other skill sets that I could imagine that were beneficial to, to, to the world outside of throwing a fastball and, and can hit a, hit a fastball. So um, when I joined the military, I had all the intention in the world to, to die in combat and I was completely content with that idea. My daughter would receive the SGLI and I would go on to be in her head a hero and that's probably the the statement in my head that, that sticks with me still to this day that I wanted that because I didn't know that if I could do anything else to make her proud. So I went on to do the Army Ranger thing. Um, I didn't expect I'd be good at it, but I was, I was comfortable in that world. I had a father who was a Marine who woke me up at 7 in the morning saying half the day is gone. <laughs> <laughs> who, who, who would have a heavy hand when he needed to because I was a, a punk kid at times. And so the coolest thing was knowing that the drill sergeant couldn't put his hands on me and he's not nearly as intimidating as my father. So basic training was a, was a smooth ride for me. Then I got into a RIP, Ranger Indoctrinal Program, and that was a whole different story. <laughs> got through all that. Um, I got out of the military, and I talked about this before, is I really believed, and you know, I was so proud that I can do anything other than baseball. I was an Army Ranger. Uh, and I got out and had my first job interview at the corrections facility. And the gentleman was reading my papers, and he goes, man, how was that? How was it being a park ranger? <laughs> and that hurt my heart, man. <laughs> a couple weeks later, I saw my grandmother, and she goes, Vinny, oh, I'm so proud of you, a park ranger. And I was like, what the hell is wrong with this place? <laughs> nobody, nobody 
nobody understood what my job was, and I expected, I expected everyone to appreciate what I've done. I expected everyone to appreciate the blood, sweat, and tears it took to be an Army Ranger, and I was so proud of that fact. And what I came to the conclusion was, nobody really gave a crap what I did in the service. They were just proud of the fact that I served. You know, and they were just, they were just, you know, they wanted to show that, but they didn't understand it. And for some reason, I was so upset at, at the civilian world for not understanding what I'd done. Um, and that's where I started to realize, like, you really are, you know, like the question is this, what's the story you tell yourself about yourself? And you could all think about that right now. What's the story you tell yourself about yourself? And that, that, that in, in itself is the, the essence of identity. You know, and I told myself for years I was an Army Ranger. And I held on to that as if that was going to carry me to the finish line. I held on to that as if it was enough. I've done enough, and I can ride this out in the civilian world, and people are going to hand me jobs. They're going to shake my hand and, and tell me how, how awesome I was. And in doing that, I continued to lose myself with what my sole purpose in life for me was balance with my family. You know, while, while in Ranger Battalion, I was... In four years, I was home, legitimately home, uh, 12 months. Because if it wasn't for a deployment, I was also volunteering for school. I was also volunteering for, I did language course for, for six months in, in Benning. I did uh, NCO development courses. You know, I did ranger school. You know, I kept volunteering for the mission because I really believed I was ready to die in war. I wanted to be the hero for my kids. I didn't know I was worth anything else. And so with that on my mind, I kept volunteering for the mission. And in doing that, in the service to the country that I was so proud of, and I, was, and I felt honored by it, and I felt my kids would, would, would one day see me across the stage and receive an award, and they'd be so proud of their father. This whole time, they never knew who their father was. And so going back to the essence of what I believe in, I was never making the choices for them. I was making the choices for myself. It was easier for me to pay the bills and do the mission. It was easier for me to volunteer and go hang out with the boys and drink the beers, but knowing I'm still paying those bills. You know, it was easy for me to be that father that was doing what I was taught was okay, but knowing in my heart, I wanted to be more relevant to my kids. You know, my kids, you know, one of the quotes one of my daughters said when I first got custody of them was, Dad, you're actually a really funny guy. <laughs> and I was like, well, fuck yeah, yeah, I'm funny. Like, how do you not know this by now? Like, you're 10 years old. Like, I'm, well, it's because I've always made the choice to say yes to the mission and no to family. You know, and so I realized that after my first divorce, um, there was a lot of issues in that, in that marriage, but the one thing that I could have been better at and the one thing I needed to be better at in my next relationship was be more relevant, be there. Um, so I went to my second divorce. Uh, I, we're here. So I was out of the military and now I'm trying to be more relevant home. I'm getting paid for the hours worked, which is beautiful. I'm making plenty of money so the family's comfortable. Um, I'm now never going overseas, which is good. But the way I am, the way my head is, um, I, I love my service to my country. And so I volunteered for, for the Border Patrol. I got in, uh, went special operations right away because, again, I told myself that's what I needed to do. I told myself this is what I'm made for. God, God made me. Uh, athletic enough and physical enough and, and, and the determination not to quit, that this has to be what I'm here for. And so here I am. This is in 2015. Um, we are 
we are sent to New York because two escaped convicts, Mats and Sweat, have escaped the prison, and my team is the team that's going to go chase these guys down, um, these two individuals. One was in for murder, and another was in for probably murder. They both suck. Uh, <laughs> and so um, I said yes, yes to the mission, of course. This is what I'm made for. This is what I've been trained for all these years. I'm going to be able to do my job and protect our country and serve our country right. You know, and hopefully in, in doing so, I can get a, you know, a conus kill. <laughs> be honest. <laughs> and so, um, you know, Sergeant Major, you're going to be pretty upset about this. I snagged myself a selfie on that plane. On that. <laughs> Let me go back to, that's me in the top left corner, or the top left corner, yes. And this is me taking a selfie <laughs> right before the mission. So we're out there in New York, and we took about seven days, seven days looking. Uh, by the time they called us in, a lot of the, um, a lot of the things of what we did, we, we, we tracked sign, we tracked footprints, you know, and by the time we got there, it was pretty, pretty messed up from all the other agencies uh, not knowing what they were doing or d attempting to do their best but um, messing up the, the area. So we were out there searching, we're searching, we're searching. This was an air assault mission we did on top of a school that abandoned, that they were just at, and uh, we just missed them. You know, we, we went in there and there was, some, there was some food already there and where they laid up for the night. Uh, the next mission we did was a boat off to a little island and we missed them there again. And so this is days just chasing behind them, a couple days behind. Um, and it's coming up to the date of June 26th. June, June 25th was the day I knew like, I had to go home because my daughter's birthday was July 8th. And we set up a birthday July 27th because that was the only available time I could have my parents in town. And that was pretty important to us. Like, you know, we're gonna do your birthday e earlier and then the summer they go off to their mother. And so I had to make the decision like, all right, we'll just do the birthday June 27th. Little did I know that this mission was gonna pop up in between that. And so now here we are, June 25th, and I'm like, oh my goodness. If I stay here any longer, I'm gonna miss my daughter's birthday. This one thing that's been in my head is be there more. I've missed birthdays, I've missed recitals, I've missed everything you can think of. And, and sometimes it seems like it's not a big deal. My daughter is barely learning that I'm a funny man, and it, it's a big deal now, you know? And so I told my supervisor, I said, listen, sir, uh, you know, I've, been, I've missed a lot of my kids' lives, and, and I have a birthday party that I've put a lot of money into, and it's a, it's a Hawaiian luau party, and uh, I already got my skirt and stuff, so I, I gotta go. <laughs> And the supervisor was pretty awesome. He let me go. Um, at the same time, working with um, a counselor that I worked with, I was part of a response unit. So anything traumatic that happens in the Border Patrol, especially special operations, they would call me first, and I'd be the guy to kind of talk them down, and then we'd set up uh, any interventions we needed. So my team leader was an ex-second bat guy, ranger, hardcore, solid dude. He was part of uh, some big missions in Ranger Battalion history, and he was my team leader. And I told him, I said, sorry, big guy but uh, your medic has got to go. I have to head home, my family's more important right now. And he goes, dude, I get it, it's all good. I believed it was gonna be a dry hole. I didn't think we were actually gonna catch these guys. Um, the next day, I get a call from my buddy, uh, Chris Voss, and uh, he says, um, hey, I took the shot, man, and I wish you were here, and that killed me. I was the medic for a tactical team, and they depended on me as the medic to be there for them, and I chose the family first. And I was so torn because I've chose the mission for so many years. Those men I loved. I loved them as much as I loved my own kids. Um, 
and for me to choose my kids over them, I knew that mission had to stop for me. I continued to tell that story to myself about myself that I needed to serve my country, and the truth was I needed to serve my kids. And I was in this conflict for so long that I finally was in the position where I needed to make that choice. And so when I had that call and it broke my heart and I'm crying on the phone because I, I was hurt in my own decisions and knowing that they didn't have a medic that was dedicated to them, I resigned two weeks later. I resigned two weeks later to join these guys. Boom! The Article 15 crew. These guys gave me, um, they gave me the, the foundation I needed to, to really trust in what I, what I can do for veterans and to tell my story more. Um, I fell in love with this idea of making veterans laugh and finding, finding uh, our videos overseas and giving them motivation to continue on. There's guys that, that tell me all the time, like, man, those three minutes sometimes would change my mood. And that for me was rewarding. That for me was the mission now, you know? But this mission took me away from my kids again. This mission sent me to Vegas. This mission sent me to Colorado here. This mission that I believed was now the new mission, filming a movie, Range 15. And here I go, in the same cycle I did with Ranger Battalion, in the same cycle I now did with Border Patrol, and now the same cycle I'm doing with these guys. I love them to death, but I had to choose another route, and I didn't know how. Until the first time my heart went out. Um, it was January 2017, right then? We just met about five months prior. I had two divorces under my belt. I'm a single father of four kids. And I knew that the only thing I've ever wanted in life was a family. And I've made every decision to disprove that. <laughs> I chose the mission over family. And so now I knew like this is it. My kids, need, my kids need me to be better for them. And so that's the start of me separating from the boys. That's the start of me walking away from, from a podcast that's one of the most successful podcasts right now. That's for me walking away from businesses that put a lot of money in my pocket, but it wasn't worth the relationships that I was losing with my kids. And so this right here was what woke me up. I'm a man who was never, I've never feared death because I felt like the death that I was doing was service to our country and it was honorable. And now I'm here on a bed and the doctors tell me there's a chance you could die. I sat three days, stubborn as hell, didn't want to go to the hospital because I felt my heart beating uncomfortably fast. Uh, my heart was at a high rate where they were scared of a, 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 a cardiac arrest. Um, they couldn't get the rhythm down. I was in the hospital for three days because I was stubborn. Uh, and I found out that I have AFib. AFib is essentially the heart is not doing a full beat. If a heart does beat, AFib does almost a quiver. And as it's quivering, the blood is pulling at the bottom of the heart. And if this blood's pulling, can, can turn into, um, it could coagulate and potentially cause a stroke. And so the fear of having three days of being stubborn, I potentially already have clotting blood and could potentially cause a stroke. And so while I'm in there, they're giving me blood thinners and uh, they're doing everything they can to keep my heart rhythm low because my heart's still fighting, trying to figure out why the hell it's out of normal rhythm. And so we're there for three days. We're there for three days and I finally am scared of dying. I'm scared to die. I wasn't ready to die because my kids are finally getting to know who I am. And this woman stayed there every day. And I finally found someone who respected my time. And these kids, do I have the one slide with my... It's okay, don't worry about it. They sit, I sat there for day two and frustrated, like, damn, 
what did I do to myself? What did I do? My, my whole life has been honorable to everyone else, but to my kids, they didn't give a crap. They just wanted me home. And she comes back from getting the kids ready for school, calling my parents, having them all fly in to just be there just in case. We don't know what's going to happen. And um, brings back a jar of letters from all six kids. And you open it and say, you're the best father. I love you. Stay strong. And that was it. It's like, what the hell am I doing? They barely know me because of all the decisions I put them behind. And now I have to make that decision. And I've walked away from everything since. I walked away from, I don't, I don't own Article 15 clothing. I don't work with Black Rifle Coffee. I don't do anything with the Drinker Bros podcast unless, unless it's something to help promote something that I'm personally doing myself. I made that decision because of this, because I was afraid to die. And I was afraid to die because I, wasn't, I didn't respect what I've done in my life. Now that I'm not serving our country, I need to do something for them. And so I started to make these choices that were good for family. I started, I put them first. And in doing that, the craziest thing that's happened to me, in doing that, I got an opportunity to audition for a TV show. Like, what the hell? My kids were gone for spring break, and we were like, let's go to California and vacation. And all of a sudden, I get a call, like, come, come do an audition. Okay, sounds good. I got the part. Like, what the hell? <laughs> How the hell did that happen? I got the part. And then I get a call from History Channel saying they're interested in using me for, for a show, and so I pitched them an idea. And it got picked up. So all of a sudden, I focused more on my family, and things started falling into my lap. And it was crazy. It was this crazy thing of the hard work, the hard work, the hard work, and now focused towards a direction that is more meaningful for me and more powerful for my family. You know, it, it's somehow it's paying off tenfold. And, and I can't explain that. I can't explain why that happened. I know I've been putting in the work for many, many years, and Nick could be attest to this. Once I started believing in myself, once I stopped believing in the story that I told myself about myself and started being honest, that honest assessment of who I am and what I represent and what I want to be, that's when things started to change. I know now that every decision I make, it has to be the best decision for the family. And there is times it will take me away from my family, and that's fine. As long as, as, long as it's what we believe as a team and what I believe is doing good for that family, but at the same time, I'm comfortable with, with the end state of what happens in that. You know, I'm on television, but I fly to LA to film, but I fly home every weekend. Why? Because those weekends are important. Their sports are important. You know, they might not see me during the week, and that's fine, but we FaceTime every damn day we can. You know what I mean? And so being more relevant in my kid's life has been the best thing and most fulfilling thing I've ever had. I feel comfortable now. As this was happening, and, and, and I filmed that video, I'm like, okay. I've made so many decisions now, I can say I'm proud. I'm going to leave a footprint for my kids to be proud of me. They can now look and be like, Dad was there. One of my sons says, I want to be a stay-at-home soldier like you, Dad. I'm like, what does that mean? Because <laughs> he sees them in the reserves, so he sees me suit up here and there. And then I wake up, I freaking make sure they get their lunches together, I put them in the car, and we go to school, and then I pick them up. And they're like, dude, what does this guy do for a living? They don't even know. I told them, I said, I'm an Uber driver, it's all good. You know? <laughs> And, and like they don't know, and I'm cool with that, right? Like the, the most beautiful thing is being able to take them to school, and so many other parents are there doing it, not realizing like what a gift that is for them. And so it's been a, it's been an interesting ride.
And um, I just wanted to give you guys a part of that. Um, I have a few more things to talk about in the end of this, but we'll go to the video after I got my heart started again, and we'll see that, and then I'll hit you with my closing. Please. So we're done with the procedure. Um, a little foggy still, kind of. But uh, it's done. We're good. Uh, pretty easy, right? That was an easy one. That was an easy one. So I felt the shock. I felt it, like, through my toes. I felt it. But uh, the rest of it's kind of blurry. I put me some, some, uh, some kind of, like, temporary pain thing. So I didn't feel it. I don't remember much, but hearts have normal rhythm. Stats are good. Boom. It's an interesting feeling being 37 years old and having to get your heart restarted, right? Like, didn't that sound crazy? They lay you down. The guy pulled off the pad and I said, Kelly Clarkson! Because it, it ripped the hair. <laughs> <laughs> he looked at me like I was crazy and I'm like, I don't know, man. I'm just going to laugh about it because you got to find humor in everything you do and that's part of my life. And so uh, they shocked me. They shocked me, man. And you, they give me the pain, man. He goes, he goes, all right, you're going to start falling asleep. So I said, no, I'm not going to fight it. <laughs> Just because, whatever, I don't know. I'm going to fight it. So I started fighting it as long as I could. And he's like, man, he's actually holding on pretty good. <laughs> yeah, and I'm talking and talking and trying to keep myself awake. And then he goes, I hear him say, he's out. And she goes, oh, he goes, I'm, I'm about to start. Um, you ready? She said, yes. She turned her head. Boom. All I remember is coming off the bed landing and screaming at the top of my lungs, holy shit. <laughs> I felt the electricity come out of my toes. And it's hard to explain. Like, I felt it come out of my toes, and I was like, whoa. But then I'm still highly drugged, and I'm telling the guy, like, dude, I love you, bro. That was so <laughs> and I told him, I said, man, I could do this once a year. I'm good with that. <laughs> She's telling me to shut up and everything else, man. So this is what's changed my vision. This is what's changed my direction. I put my life out there on social media. If you guys don't follow me, you'll eventually you might. And when you do, you'll see how transparent I am about my life, about the mistakes I've made. My goal now is to be able to provide, provide an honest uh, view into my life so that other veterans can see you know, it's okay. You, you're going to fail. You're going to fall hard, but you're not alone. We all, we all have these issues in our lives. We all go through divorce. You know, we all have our insecurities. And, and knowing that there's someone out there putting himself out there for the public to see, for me, I feel like is, is now my mission. My, the bigger my social media grows, the bigger voice I have to show that we can do this. Right? There's life after military. You know, and to understand one thing, I am the most normal dude you're ever going to meet. I have my size 34 pants in my closet that I one day want to fit into. <laughs> right? You know what I mean? I wake up every morning, look in the mirror, and I'm like, dang, I'm getting chunky. Right? I've got my insecurities, man. You know, I, I have my faults. You know, I didn't learn to read until like I was 23 years old in the, in the, in the Ranger Battalion because I'm dyslexic and I didn't know that. You know, I didn't, I didn't realize that until later. I just thought I couldn't read. I was like, well, I'm not very smart, so we'll go infantry. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I proved them wrong, didn't I? <laughs> but that's the thing, man. I want everyone to see that, you know, as normal as I am, as normal as I am, there's, there's definitely the hard work you put into, you can find success. I've made a lot of mistakes, but I started focusing on the direction of what I wanted, and I started making the right decisions for that direction. And if you wanted to be an actor, if you wanted to be, um, you know, if you want to be a doctor, it's, it's never impossible. For some reason, we've put up these blockers in our heads to believe that we can't do things or it's out of our reach. No one in a million years would have ever said to me in high school, like, you're going to be an actor. Like, yeah, I can't even tell myself I would have said that two years ago. But the opportunity presented itself, and I went hard for it, and I went to school. And by chance, I was in theater in college because I couldn't pass any other classes, so that helped. But, you know, um, my biggest gripe I see is social media is the fact that uh, all of us are guilty of this, is pushing the negative jargon, right? The negative conversation. There's so much negativity out there for the rest of the world to see about veterans and our struggle, and we know there is. There's struggle. There is. But there's also success. Look at the speakers in this room. Look at some of the guys that spoke, man. Million dollar businesses, been speaking to public for, for 20 years. These, these guys are owning multiple different businesses. Why aren't these guys getting the exposure? Why is the negative, why is the negative attention being pushed? You know, and I would love to, to challenge you guys to do that. I'd love to challenge you guys to promote the guys who are putting out the good word. Promote the positivity. And stop sharing the negative crap, right? You can be a political ranter all you want, and that's fine, and that's your space. But it doesn't help the conversation, right? And, and my goal is if you follow my social media, you will not see anything negative. You'll see hardship. You'll see life. You'll see the things that I go through, but you won't see me put anyone down. You won't see me promote negativity. You won't see me push a political agenda left or right. I'm going to continue to push positivity, man, and hoping, hoping that spills over to other people's hearts and they continue to do the same. Change the conversation, that's how you do it. Thank you.